0: 117 things left unsaid i'm aleph
1: and i'm sona and this is machine sentai kira major episode 15 hear takamichi's voice rather not thank
0: you yeah, i was just about to say yeah
1: um and episode 16 marshmallow royale Um, Our writer for 15 was Kaneko Kaori, and for 16 was Inoue Tete. Um, Our episode director for both was Takemoto Noboru. Uh, This is Kaneko Kaori's first episode on Kira Major, and they are the myth, the legend, who appeared from the ether and somehow wrote some of both the worst and the best episodes of Lupot yeah. and one single episode of Ryu Soldier they are also a mystery that I may never solve
0: yeah truly they are one of the strangest and most powerful tokusatsu cryptids and uh may their mystery last forever or they could just like come out and say hey what's up I'm Kanako Kaori this is what I look like and this is my gender presentation so we'd know how to talk about them
1: yeah um
0: on the other hand, it's nice that I I don't have to do the thing where I worry that I'm being like, wait, am I judging this differently because it's a lady doing the writing? Because, you know, I worry about that sort of thing because I think it's a good thing to check yourself on every now and again.
1: But we just don't know. Yeah. We have no idea. No it's idea. a mystery.
0: And yeah, they're just the strangest cryptid. Anyway, go on.
1: Um, but also, before we go any further, even though this is laser knees, uh, I do want to bring up something kind of rider adjacent uh, because a couple hours. I found out about this a couple hours before we re- were recording. I want to congratulate Seto Koji, who played uh, Kurenai Wataru, the main character of Kamen Rider Kiva, and Yamamoto Mizuki, who played Tonko in Blue Blazes, um, oh. on their upcoming marriage.
0: Oh, well, alright then.
1: I've. LinkedIn news article at the bottom of the notes, um, but someone informed me about this, and I'm just very happy for them, and I wanted to put that bit of love out into the world because lord knows we need it right now.
0: Yeah. So as... just,
1: I'm, I'm real happy for them. I was wondering about Seto Koji recently. I was wondering what he was up to. So, you know, I'm glad he's happy. Me too.
0: Cause as, uh, is it, I think, Dionne Warwick? Who, who who sang that song? You know, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. Not just for some, but for everyone. Anyway, yeah, it was Dionne Warwick. At least that's the person who sang it. There, It's apparently written by someone else. I'm not going to go into that. Um, So I guess we're just going to make the hard pivot from things that are good, you know, love, and people being happy, especially... People who play uh, our favorite common riders, because um, look, they make us happy. I'm I'm happy to find out that they have good things in their personal lives. Um, but now let's just do the 180 into the stuff in these episodes of Kira Major that were uh, less happy making.
1: Okay, so this is a really small nitpick. I didn't actually notice it on my first time around, but I did notice it when I was making notes. Um, How does Shigeru not know what happened between Mabushina and (laughs) Takamichi? How does he just not know? She hasn't exactly been quiet about it, and it's also his entire plotline.
0: I kind of like the idea that maybe Shigeru just was too busy trying to figure out his latest character's motivations and just was not paying attention. But still, yeah, it's a weird call to make. Also, like... It's kind of a Kaneko Kaori call to make.
1: Yeah. It it was just weird when he, like, walks up to Takamichi and is like, look, I don't know what's going on between you two. And I'm like, buddy. Yeah. You definitely do. On the You other definitely hand, know.
0: On the other hand, maybe he's trying to be tactful.
1: Maybe. <laughs> maybe.
0: I don't know. That's That's a stretch, but yeah.
1: Also, has Takamichi just never heard of an apology? Does he just not know what that is? Because I think it's cute that he and Mabushina have this, like, Kirame Stone-based sibling telepathy. And I like that both Ryder and Sentai have now brought up the idea of using kind of indirect communication if you're having a hard time dealing with emotions and saying something directly. But he kind of uses it to corner Mabushina in her own head, and instead of apologizing, gets weird about it. Yeah, Takamichi sucks, actually. (laughs) Like, instead of just being a normal person and being like, hey, I'm sorry about everything, a lot happened and I'm not comfortable airing it to everyone, but let me tell you in secret what happened. And then they could kind of slowly reveal that to us over time? Mm.
0: Not ideal, but at least it work.
1: Like, it would at least be interesting because then you'd have Mabashina kind of having to gauge how she's going to react to things and- what she's going to try to get convince him to tell everyone sooner rather than later. Mm. But instead of doing that, he just starts talking about how cute she was as a kid <sighs> and not actually addressing the problem. Which I mean, at least so at the weird. end of the episode, Mabushina's like, buddy, what? That was kind of weird and rude.
0: Yeah, it is. It's very manipulative.
1: Like, I do like that Mabushina is allowed to be nostalgic and enjoy her happy memories of her brother while still being allowed to be mad at him for being a butt who has not apologized. But I feel like it's harder and harder to believe Takamichi's complete lack of self awareness the longer he's like this.
0: Yeah, because, like, we get to see Mabushina have this really great bit of characterization that, honestly, makes me like her even more, which is saying something, because I already liked her. But it only highlights just how very, very much Takamichi sucks and also needs to apologize to her quick-like. And just, like, more than anything, as as the next episode really highlights... Or is it this episode? No, it is the next episode. Like, dude, you're 50. You've had enough time to figure out how to apologize like an adult. You should do that. Because... Like, if he was- if he was as- if he- honestly, even if he was as young as he looked, it wouldn't be acceptable. Because I feel like even a high school student should know how to apologize, especially for something that obvious, but come on now.
1: Also, like, I- I know Takamichi is obsessed with his treasure hunt, and that he's gotta do it, like, now, 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 but is he just, like, stupid? Like, he could- (laughs) I mean, yes- But clearly he could take 25 minutes to sit down and watch a TV drama with his brother, but he can't wait five minutes for Shiguru to finish filming a take of the same drama before he goes to inspect the statue? I mean... Buddy!
0: Yeah, no. Like, he
1: just acts like he doesn't see anyone.
0: I mean, dude, is just mega rude. Which, again, like, makes it very hard to get down with the thing where... They're trying to bring us around on him to start liking him. And I'm just like, come on guys. I, again, he's a great foil for, uh, Mabushina.
1: I'm like, why does, why does Shiguru have to take responsibility for that? Like he didn't invite Takamichi to the set. Takamichi just showed up. Like just because they passingly know each other doesn't make this Shiguru's fault. It's not like they're friends. <laughs> Like, I just, I feel for him. Like, he gets so upset and flustered because he's just trying to do his dang job, and this dude that he just kind of knows wanders in and ruins the whole thing, and I guess he just feels responsible for it for some reason?
0: Well, you know, it's because he knows him, and I guess feels like he should be able to control him somehow? I don't know. I just, Takamichi just makes it so much more difficult than it needs to be. He makes everything so much more difficult than it needs to be. I, again, I know they've probably just dumped him in the writing crew's laps, and that's what this is all about, but, jeez, this is not one of the great starts of, of the sixth introductions, you know? I keep really hoping he's just gonna get yeeted back into space. Like, look, if Garza kills him, and that becomes, like, the motivation for Mabushina to become Kirame White or whatever, that'd be good, but...
1: Also, he just needs to cut it out with the attacks that almost hit his teammates, because right? he's this is, like, the second or third time he's done it. And, like, isn't he supposed to have come around on being part of a team and working with them? Like, does he just not know what that means?
0: I I like I could allow for a bit where he's forgotten that other humans who aren't part rock are a lot more vulnerable than he is, but like, we never actually bring that up. Like, I understand they're trying to show us how cavalier he is about his whole attempts at being a good th- a good guy, but they just, they keep shoving him out onto thinner and thinner ice. <laughs> just, I don't want to not like him. This is an Arakawa show. I want to be having fun the whole time, but dude is not helping.
1: I was also kind of bugged by him having this heart-to-heart about, like, his past with Mabushina and wanting to make up with her. And is like, oh, well, if you want to make up with her, maybe try considering her feelings. And talking. She's like, no thanks, emotions are for losers, I'm not gonna think about this, bye. And while the overall narrative is clearly showing that's the wrong approach, and Shiguru is trying to give him genuinely helpful and good advice... Yeah,
0: no, that's very good advice.
1: It's still kind of frustrating. Yeah, especially... Especially at this point, because, like, why? Yeah. And didn't you just learn this lesson last week?
0: I mean, I... It- would su- surprise me if things were aired a little out of sequence and it's not as if Kanako Kaori hasn't occasionally regressed a character's characterization a bit.
1: That's true, that was pretty much all of Lupin. <laughs> yeah, but same
0: time like, I think on top of the, the narrative problem there's the meta-narrative problem where a lot of people are gonna take away the message that yeah, emotions are stupid and bad cause like we are supposed to like Takamichi. And and I know that he's going to be shown to be wrong, and, and he's going to grow and have an arc and probably even hopefully apologize proper at some point. But at the same time, there is a cultural inertia behind the idea that emotion equals weakness equals bad. And that idea is so terribly strong and a thing, I just, I wouldn't mind us working against from the jump. Like, because this dude has is only going to be around, around 30-some episodes, you know, plus movies, whatever. And that sounds like a lot, but if you don't get the character growth going really quick, it's not any time at all.
1: Yeah, and, like, the the problem with being shown that he's wrong is, in this episode, we're really not, because he never does actually come around to, like, thinking about Mabushina's feelings and how he's approaching this.
0: Yeah, no, he does not. He's just doing his own thing, and that's all he does. And never thinking about people, and... So, if you were not someone who reads the show the same way we do, you might come away with, yeah, you know, you don't have to consider emotions, and you can still be a good person that everyone likes. Which, um, I hate to break it to any logic bros who somehow are listening to this show, which, like, first off, I do commend your fortitude, because... (laughs) We we go after you on the reg. (laughs) Like, that's not how friends act. Like, if you don't take other people into account and you just give them a line about how you don't care about their feelings because caring about feelings is stupid or whatever. I mean, honestly, if you do that, you probably don't have friends. You have people you might think are your friends, but that's not the same thing. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh. That's not actually funny, that's very sad, and tragic, but also um boy, logic rowing will uh wreck your life man i I could and i I mostly just bring that up because there was a point in my life where I could have gone that way. I'm glad I didn't, but I could have broke that way, and that would have been uh the worst actually
1: so. I am really glad that Takamichi was able to reunite with Akiho and apologize to her for the things he said that hurt her and then, like, vanishing off the face of the earth. And seeing them, like, laugh together and tease each other was very, very cute. And I hope we kind of see her now and again and the two of them kind of hanging out and being friends. But also, he can apologize to this lady, but not his friggin' sister? Like, come on, Takamichi!
0: Yeah, I, I want to be all, like, look, in fairness, he doesn't want to do a kissing on his sister, but that doesn't actually help at all. That's that's the gift from the, from the good place. That's worse. You know that's worse, right? Because um, if he'll apologize to a lady for insulting her and mocking her affection for him in front of other kids 30 years ago because when he was young he wanted to make out with her or whatever but he won't apologize to his sister whom he's supposed to hold affection for anyway. That actually makes him worse because it makes it seem like his apology is a way of getting a thing that he wants. And um, that's not why you apologize. That's not what an apology is. Because, like, look, I'm I'm not faulting his taste in ladies. And it's... Look, I will give him this much. It's nice that they let a lady in her middle age be portrayed as attractive because a lot of times... In shows like this, folks will go a big old, like, Oh my goodness, they're over 30! Oh, disgusting! The idea that anyone could find them interesting or desirable is a joke to us! Ha ha ha! And, like...
1: Looking at you, Drive.
0: Hmm. yeah. Ugh, boy, that
1: was... Leave Rina alone.
0: Yeah, poor Rina, man. She deserves so much better than the show she was in. But just, even, even with him having the thing where... He's at least being cool to this lady and giving her the, the, an apology that, you know, overdue. Yes, but still I you know deserved. I think she did like the thing he did was bad enough and could leave a lingering effect enough. She deserves an apology. That's cool. But also like somehow he still comes out like a scumbag because I'm just like, are you, are you going to try and do a kissing on her? Is that what this apology is about? Is it because you feel bad or because you want another chance with her? Because we have seen it, that he's an amorous dude.
1: Yeah, but it I don't know, with her it didn't come off to me like that was potentially a thing. Um it felt very genuine to me. Like it I really didn't read it as him being scummy at all, especially with the way they kind of goof around after he's apologized. And I do really appreciate that they're like, hey, here's the teenage girl you had a crush on, except now she's in her 40s, and Takamichi is just like, she's still, like, the most beautiful lady I've ever seen. Look at her out there kicking butt. I'm so happy for her. Like, he outright just says that, and I can at least enjoy that he's out here drinking his Respect Women juice. I mean, at least for human women. Instead of... Yeah, well...
0: Dude does need to polish up his skills on Respecting Rock Ladies. But yes, he does respect—he does respect human ladies, and that's not nothing.
1: Well, just you know, in 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 Mabushina's case, it's it's a little different because that's his sister.
0: Yeah, it's familial, um, I suppose. But
1: but it's it's a thing where it's just like, buddy, buddy, you owe someone else, and a- get Izu in here. Yeah. Izu can- apparently is good at explaining this to people. <laughs> just like put Izu in here and be like, you owe someone an apology
0: like 90 bow years.
1: deeper yeah <laughs> Heck, just get him just get him a Fowser pup get him an ibo the
0: ibo will tell him except he won't cry if the ibo is upset at him so yeah izu man that's still my favorite bit <laughs> no i'm sorry you need to bow lower <laughs> do it again but better do it right
1: <sighs> ah
0: izu our beloved robot angel anyway so i i think that takes us out of the bad stuff so uh, let's let's get into the good stuff. Uh, so now why don't you start us off in 15?
1: Okay, so I appreciate making the romantic interest in Shiguru's drama A Weird Goth as an excuse for her to be wearing a mask anytime he's close to her. Because uh, I'm not sure if we mentioned this last time when we were talking about masks, but in Japan, aside from health reasons, uh, certain subcultures have adopted them as part of the fashion. Uh, Since covering your face can make you look tough or scary or, like, cool and mysterious. Uh, Since it it takes away easy identification, which paired with other things can lend a certain uh, kind of aesthetic. Yeah.
0: And, like, I wasn't aware that it was being, like, adopted on a subcultural basis, but uh, that's awesome. I'm here for it. And not to mention, like, look, a mask... It'll mess with the facial recognition software that a lot of people put into the, like, the many, many cameras in our surveillance society. Ha <laughs> it's a dystopian nightmare. So messing with it is a thing I'm all about, and also it's a lot more comfortable here in the summertime than Juggalo makeup. That's for certain. Because Juggalo makeup... I feel, like, also I
1: feel can... like it's more comfortable than Juggalo makeup at, like, any time of the year. Yeah, to probably. be honest.
0: But, like, I... I'm just imagining how much worse juggalo makeup is when it's when you're sweating, because then it's going to get in your eyes. Because, like, look, the thing with with clown makeup generally, particularly with the way the juggalos do it, is it it messes with facial recognition because the computer algorithms, they don't actually recognize faces. They just recognize the symbols for face for parts of faces. And it just sorts those. And uh, that's how it messes it up. Same reason masks do, because it's just like, okay, I can't actually figure out that that's a face, because faces have noses and mouths. A mask doesn't. The mask makes it so it doesn't have that.
1: I just, I appreciate Kira Major playing with kind of subcultures and aesthetics in order to beef up actor safety without breaking immersion.
0: Yes. Yes, it's very good. And when they're good at what they do, they're real, real good. Also, I just, uh, I want to watch that drama that Talk to me. Uh, not talk to me. is filming. Yeah, I want
1: to know uh, what's up with that weird puppet.
0: Yeah, she's.
1: I want to know.
0: She's a cool. uh, I don't know. She's. She's a Shinigami. My girlfriend is a Shinigami. I hope it. I hope it's one of those dramas that has just like the super long title. Help! I'm a high school student, and my and the girl I have a crush on is a Shinigami. Like one of those titles, because why not?
1: Just adapted from a light novel.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I also adore that Hatsake Minami and Takamichi, like, DVR their dramas to watch together and, like, get really into it. Especially because this is a high school romance drama.
0: I mean, it's a good way to bond with your sibling. Or your friends, as this show can attest.
1: Yeah, it is- that is how we're here. Um, And, like, sure, Hatsake Minami is a weird, quirky guy and could probably get away with, you know, watching a high school romance drama because he's a grown adult and also- runs a giant company with, like, space divisions and a giant tree building. Like, no one's gonna tell this dude what he can and can't do at this point. But, like, Takamichi is decidedly more traditionally masculine, but is still really into this high school romance drama and sharing his enjoyment of it with his brother, and that's cute. It is.
0: And, like, honestly, between the two of them... I, I like to think uh, Hatsuke Minami and Takamichi are old enough and have seen enough weird cosmic stuff that they've moved past the idea of masculinity having those clearly defined hard lines. Does nobody any good to hold yourself to, to traditional masculine aesthetics if those aesthetics will not let you be yourself? And I yeah, just. Just
1: in, enjoy your television yeah, shows.
0: Be who you are. Enjoy what you like. Because, look, sometimes you won't get on with things, sometimes you will. I've. I want to like Sailor Moon. I've never actually managed to watch it all the way through. It just it doesn't doesn't work for me. But uh, I will go hand.
1: Maybe try the manga. Yeah. Um. It may just be easier because it it cuts out a lot of the a lot the of the fluff.
0: Yeah. But like I, if anyone like speaks bad about uh, She-Ra in front of me, the the new one on Netflix, uh, we will have words. Actually, no, we won't. I just will disagree with you strongly. I just, I really enjoy it, is what I'm saying. So, you know, you don't, you don't know what you're going to be into, but be into what you're into and enjoy it, baby. The world's on fire. Who knows how much longer any of us are going to be around? You ain't got... No one's got time to go after traditional small box gender roles. That, That kind of thinking got us here. All the people who are like, no, I will not wear a mask. I will not obey social distancing. We have to get everyone back to work, even though everyone's still sick. Those are the people talking the most about uh, traditional masculine roles. And uh, you'll notice they don't care if you die. Wow, I need... To... Sono, dear listener, I'm sorry. It's just... Um, the world's a really scary place. And I know that this is kind of how where we go to escape it, but also the show why our, our course of logic brings this stuff up in me because my brain is a uh, big old rapid-firing something. I don't know. Sono, please just, let's move on to the next point before I start talking again.
1: Um, I, I also adore that Hatsuke Minami, like, he gets to the end of the episode and he's like, is banned from fighting because I can't let that interrupt having new episodes of this drama film because I need to know what happens. Like, yeah, okay.
0: Here I go again. Um, I understand that because we support Toei, halting production of Sentai and Rider, because, yeah, sure, it did mean that some drama got delayed, but also it meant that the people making it got to be alive, so, you know.
1: But I, I just like that he's like, no, everyone else can fight, you go shoot your TV show, because I want to see what happens. Yep. Um. I feel like I should be put off by his going overboard with the lip balm thing and being a little more goofy in this episode than normal, but I actually kind of enjoyed it. I feel like we're seeing Shiguru more and more let his walls down around the team, uh, because he acts very different in the privacy of their lounge than he does publicly. Uh, For example, how he acted in the lobby of the bathhouse with the manager um, or even just with everyone else when the manager was present, because that's a stranger. Mm. And for all that, you know, the way he is in parts of the episode do feel a bit of a conicoism. I don't think it takes away from the way Arakawa has been building him as this guy who puts on this very serious, cool guy persona, but is actually kind of weird and goofy, and now trusts the rest of his team. To still like him for being this weird, goofy guy. Yeah, and it's
0: really nice getting to see him fill out and be more of a character. Also, like, I know we're going to touch on this later, but I just want to bring up up front. There was there was a bit in there that I, I kept thinking was going to turn into like a vaguely homophobic bit of humor, but uh, it just it just showed us how serious he is about his job, even if he's doing it in a way that feels comparatively goofy. And that's just, that's nice. Again, for, for a kaneko Uh given... Wasn't Kaniko the one who did the, uh, the gender swap episode of Lupot?
1: Yeah, like I said, the worst, the worst episodes. But also the best, because also they did the one... Where like the previous member of the team came back and like framed Noel oh, and was actually God. a gangler, like they did those episodes too. So what is Conoco Kauri, like? What's up with you? <laughs> it's it's either one extreme or the other.
0: Yeah, which like look, as a creature of extremity myself, uh, at least I I appreciate extremity. I, I like that about about them. I don't know why I keep. Anyway, I like that about Kaneko, but, mm,
1: weird. Anyway. Um, but what truly, truly excited me about this episode is that I get to explain Darumas. Because I freaking love Darumas.
0: Well, that's good, because while I definitely recognize, like, I've seen them before, and I know that they're a thing, I don't really know what that thing is.
1: Okay, so I'm going to do us a learning. Um, Because this episode is centered around the Yodan general, Crunchula, whose name I finally know, at least this week, um, forcing humans to play what we recognize as red light, green light. It is a game of stopping when the game moderator says so, and if you move before they say go, then you're out. Um, It's a... Apparently a common game in many cultures, which is, I guess, kind of unsurprising because it's a very simple premise. Yeah,
0: I mean, um, you, you don't need you don't need props for it, you just... yeah.
1: So, in Japan, the game is referred to as daruma Sanga koronda kuronda, um, or the Daruma fell over, which is the thing that you say instead of red light, green light. And there are a few additional rules for Daruma-san, but it's essentially the same game and none of the additional rules are relevant to the episode, so I'm not going to go into them. Um, Logical. In Crunchula's version, if you're caught moving when you're supposed to be stopped, instead of just being removed from the game, you're turned into a Daruma. And these are small, round, papier-mâché dolls that are often red, uh, though they can sometimes be other colors to symbolize specific types of goals, like financial or academic success, and depict a bearded man that is meant to be the founder of Zen Buddhism. Oh, okay. Um, They are used as wishing or goal-setting charms. Uh, They are made with blank eyes, and the person who has one, who receives one, uh, will make a goal, and as they do, they'll paint in one of the eyes, and then when they accomplish that goal, they fill in the other eye. Oh. Uh, Yeah. So it's a very simple premise. Um, so you you kind of have one on your, you'll have it on your desk, and you filled in one eye, and you're supposed to like remember your goal and keep working toward it.
0: Because I know I've that's kind of the point. Yeah, I've seen the I've seen them with just the one eye painted in. I never even thought about why that would be. So yeah, hey, I got um, to learn something today.
1: For listeners familiar with Pokémon, this is what Darumaka and Darmanitan are based off of, and what uh, like Darmanitan Zen Mode is, and why uh, Darumaka kind of crawls up into that ball. They're basically turning into Daruma. Um, they're basically little monkeys who are Darumas and also fire. Um, they're very cute. Darumaka's is one of my favorite Pokémon. When Darmanitan was actually uh, revealed first. And when it was revealed, I'm like, Nintendo, if you don't make a pre-evolution that's just a tiny little Daruma, I am never raising Fire Pokemon again. And then I it was paid off, and I was right, and I was very happy, but that's besides the point. Um, but what's really great about this is this is actually a very clever play on Crunchula's philosophy of taking a human thing and subverting it to destroy humanity, um, since... A Daruma is generally a symbol of accomplishment or intended accomplishment. In this case, when you lose the game and become a Daruma, you have failed.
0: So what you're telling me then is that Crunchula is great. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, I was actually really surprised at how well thought out this was when I sat down and really thought about it. This was actually really, really clever. And I was really excited to talk about it.
0: I mean, again, also the I best just love Doritos.
1: I think they're great.
0: They are. They
1: really are. I think they're super cute. I have a small handful of them. I have maybe like two or three. Um, I want more. I love them. They're great. Um, I also really love Crunchula getting mad about being called a marks a marksman <laughs> marksman. Um, but they do let him kind of be goofy and bask in the glory of his chaos for a second before realizing, like, wait, wait, no, I'm not a minion, I'm a general, respect me.
0: Which, like, that's the problem when you don't do the presentation thing, you know? I, I realize it's a little late when yeah. it's time to play the game, because, you know, it's already underway.
1: Yeah, I mean, they they did catch him a little off guard.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, it's a problem, but I, I, still-, I still do appreciate them. I just hope he, he gets to come back at some point and introduce himself proper, you know, with the pyrotechnics. The dude deserves pyrotechnics. He just does. And then I just appreciate our folks just being like, "Wait, Daruma Chaman? Why are you back? I didn't we kill you? I don't. I was a Daruma at the time. I don't know. Because <laughs> I just I love that. I I think that's great when they think he's a Marskman." It's just like, all right, red light, green light, Mars command. It's like, no, I. <laughs> but just, it's it's very good, and I want to see him stamp his feet and get annoyed, and then introduce himself properly, because he's a good villain. <laughs> I'm actually very fond he's of him. He's
1: surprisingly right? really good.
0: I th- I think a lot of it is just he's got the he's got the human mouth and his his whole hook is just so great on, the, on that end like we've got we've got garza over there being the guy who, you know he's being the villain villain and we got crunchula who's just like he's doing his thing he's just trying i don't know
1: also oh, So everyone, they spend a lot of this episode kind of making fun of Shiguru for being, like, insensitive about women, and Takamichi calls him creepy for offering his co-star the lip balm. But honestly, after going out regularly in a mask for six months, it gets very hot and surprisingly dry in those things. Like, my lips are all messed up. And I'm only wearing it for, like, Two hours at a time, because I'm not leaving my house that often. I only leave my house to get groceries and go to the mailbox. So, like, this poor girl is doing full-day outdoor photo shoots, or TV shoots, where she has to talk in this thing, in the middle of summer, playing a character that wears a mask near constantly. Like, of course, if he offers that, she's gonna worry, like, oh man, is, is that a thing that's happening? But when he's like, no, just... I, I thought it might be useful for you. Like, she probably appreciates her co-star looking out for her. Yeah,
0: I would think so. Seriously, just that whole bit where he's just talking about, look, the cameras going to be really close up on us, and people notice things. As he hands the lip balm, like, that was great. Because, look, it is the era of 4K cameras. <laughs> like, HD is not just 1080p anymore, it is four times that. And just... People complain more and more about old special effects looking less and less realistic with every passing year. And look, people will absolutely get on that lady if her lips don't look good. I mean, you've seen what people will do to an actress for doing her job while being basically perfect. Never mind how hard they'll go if there's a single, and please, I understand I'm using this in a sarcastic sense flaw, like, that's air quotes, uh, like, if if there's something, quote, wrong, end quote, with her face, they're just gonna make her life that much more difficult. He's looking out for his people, and I appreciate that being a thing we see in how he approaches acting overall between this and, and, like, the Vice in Head episode from a while back. You know, in the faraway times... Man, remember the before times <laughs> when, like, you could just yeah. go outside. <laughs> it's like a million years ago, but this is only episode 16, and even with a th- even with like a three week or five week lull, however long it was, man, 2020 is lasting forever. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't laugh, but it's that or cry. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on before I start thinking.
1: Um, okay, so it's it's apparently not just Sayo. Just, just everyone is better at treasure hunting than Takamichi. <laughs> just all of them.
0: Yep. Yeah, I, I appreciate how the show is just letting us know that that dude just sucks. Except when it comes to beating monsters. But even then, like, he still kind of sucks.
1: Like, it's it's kind of just quickly becoming my favorite gag in the show. I'm not even sure if you'd really call it a gag. It's just, I enjoy everyone being like, buddy, you're making this, you're taking this way too literally. Like, these are, f- like, baby riddles.
0: <laughs> well, honestly, I do hope it's a running gag. I, I, am, I am happy to call it a gag. Because it, if nothing else, it makes him a lot easier to take. Because, like, if he's getting busted constantly on... Despite all of his, like, I'm older and better than you people. Like, I love seeing it get undermined by just like, I'm older and better than you people. Yeah, and you were clearly raised around people who don't have an imagination. Because, uh, like you said, so, no, this is baby riddles. Like, a D&D party would have, well, okay, a D and d party would probably have, would either have no trouble or they would have all the trouble. That's gonna depend on the party, because like it's it's one or the other though.
1: Like, I don't know. Like, Chris could have figured it. Like, my the wizard in my party could have figured it out in like a minute. My monk would have just like rammed headfirst into the statue. But you know, like these are baby riddles, and I just like that every member of the team is just like, no, why are you like this?
0: Yeah, you you. (laughs) You make it sound like you've been doing this a lot, but um, you're not very good at it.
1: Um, I do like the subversion of Senna's speed uh, in the the Red Light, Green Light game, because it's hard to deny that she could very quickly run in and tag him and the episode would be over. (laughs) And then we'd be, you know, we'd have a good 20 minutes of nothing to do. But also, like, he's been watching people fight Senna for months now. Her speed has been the key to beating more than one Marskman. So doing, like, a very quick red light, green light, and having her rush in, because he knows that she'll do that. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't she? That's her thing. And then be unable to stop on the immediate red light was actually a really clever plan to knock out the biggest threat in the game.
0: Yeah. And, like, I should be kind of annoyed, because, look, it's nerfing Senna, and I don't appreciate that, because, like, we were just talking last week, well, not last, you know, last recording, about how I wanted more stuff with Senna, but at the same time, it's hard to hate a villain plan that works because he understands the team. That that little bit of advantage, like, that he he's paying attention, and he's got the advantage that only reset button mask has had, and, well reset button Marsk is dead now so yeah he's he's learning from his experience that makes him scary because Garza you know Garzas just he's got all the cleverness of a cruise missile is the thing <laughs> like he's just he's straightforward I will exp- I will make it die Crunula he's an artist man that's his thing he's he's paying attention he's making it work I I, I respect him. He is he is one of the jobber generals. Like I, I suspect that if if there's like a big escalation of force halfway through the show, he's going to get demoted and demoted and demoted. Uh, sort of like the the ones in uh, Magiranger did. Yeah. yeah. Like a uh, nightmare. They just mm, they just they lost everything. But that's fine because by the end of the show they're. They're still around, and they they get to be funny. I just, I want that for him, because he's great.
1: I also love that Mabushina rescues the Darumas, and that that's her plan. Like, no one tells her to grab them, and I don't blame Takamichi uh, for that in communicating with her, because he doesn't know that the Darumas are transformed people, or maybe even that they're there, because he's only been here for like a minute before like his sight line to the whole thing got blocked he may not know that that's a thing that needs to be done like but she just keeps being told get out of the way get out of the way get out of the way and she cannot do that without saving the rest of the team and the innocent civilians that probably would have been destroyed by the drill if she had not grabbed them she's got all of the courage and heart to be Kirame white and i wish they would just give it to her agreed just do it yeah let her do it. She's great. Uh, like, her. look, Q-Ranger already broke the glass ceiling of suited characters getting to be Sentai members.
0: That's true. Yes, they did.
1: Just, it's it's already been done. They had, like, four of them.
0: Yeah. And one of them was a gal, even. Yeah. Because Raptor, she was she was a rope she's a robot in a suit character lady. She, Yeah.
1: So, like, look, the precedent is already set. You can do it.
0: It's it's a bold new... It's a bold new Reiwa, dudes. Make it happen.
1: Yeah, like, look, everyone on Ryder isn't being cowards. Go for yeah. it.
0: Also, I also appreciated that she got to use the fact that she's a rock person in a way that was only highlighted to me by the way they had Senna get knocked out of the game so early because, you know, she doesn't have breaks. But just... It's, it's Mabushina just being still and steady and basically just being that one video of the cat where it's like they turn the camera away and when they turn it back, the cat is just same sitting position, just like a few inches closer. And like, I'm just so glad she gets, she gets a chunk of an episode to show off how great she is.
1: So the, the thing that it reminded me of, cause I'm like, as I'm rewatching it, I'm like, this is a little bit horror movie. Um, and it actually kind of, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, the Haunted Majora's Mask thing.
0: Oh, uh, Ben Drowned?
1: Yes. Um, which is one of my favorite ARGs that has apparently restarted and I've gotta go catch up. But, um, it reminded me of the bits of the Elegy statue, like, following. Because she would, because she's just, uh, they just, like, Progressively cut away and cut back, and she's closer to the camera. And I'm like, if she, if I didn't know that she was like a soft, precious baby, I would be terrified. Yeah, no, that's fair. Cause that is
0: that is a scary thing. Heck, uh, there was an episode of Doctor Who that that was just that. That was the bad guys. Like yes, if, uh, if you blink, that
1: that is one of the few Doctor Who things I'm very familiar with.
0: Yeah, well, that's because Blink is a good episode. And just the whole idea of okay, they move super fast, so between blinking, they're on you, and eventually they just eat you. Admittedly, it's like they said, it's a long story, it's much more complicated than that. Anyway, just I'm so glad that Mabushina got to be awesome and also got to really mess up Crunchula's plan. Because, on top of yes, she she does do the horror movie move. I really like watching Crunchula be frustrated. Like he's he's such a theatrical villain, and in a completely different way than Garza's theatrical. Because he is also he is about that drama. Man, everyone on this show is about that drama, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah they sure are. I also just really love during the robot fight, the other machines are all, like, like, crying out and yelling about, like, being squeezed. And Mock is just up on the shoulders like, I'm fine, but this is a problem. <laughs> we do need to do something about this, I guess. <laughs> that
0: was so good. Mock is great. Also, um, just before we finish up here. I I know we kind of alluded to it when we were talking about the frustrating parts of 15, but I just really like the bit where Mabushina's hair is braided and that it's shown to be a thing that she does as a combination of self-comfort and also maybe a little bit I-don't-need-that-jerk-of-a-brother who is dredging up feelings and making me have feelings in my heart like a jerk is such a good bit of visual storytelling for her. Because... It is frustrating, because, again, Takamichi just sucks, and doesn't yet seem to be allowed to have a lot of actual growth as a person. Or, if he gets some, he only gets some. At the very least, he is always adding new dimensions to Mabushina when he sucks, and I I kind of appreciate that. Because, like, honestly, when's the last time you saw the Little Princess archetype get to have all these complicated and complex and really dramatic feelings happening.
1: Yeah. I mean, I kind of wish that the end hadn't played it off like, oh, she she is fondly remembering the old times, that means you two have made up. Yeah, um, which, mm, no. So I, I do kind of hope that she does continue to press him for like, hey, apologize. But it, it was very cool seeing her being like, I am going to reclaim the the good feelings of these memories for myself, and not have them rely on you.
0: Yeah, like you su- you can suck now. Back then, I thought you were cool, and it's not bad to think someone was cool, and then like later on they turn out to suck. Which, as I'm saying it, I'm realizing, oh yeah, that is a uh, that's definitely a 2020 mood, isn't it? And also a 2019 one, probably also. Many, many years before that, but boy, now that we're all extra online, what with uh, you know, sheltering indoors, uh, you sure notice the people who suck, and it's like, ah, oh, I used to like that guy. Guess he sucks now. And uh you know, it's good to learn how to take the things that were good because those feelings came from you. And and your interaction with their work or the thing they did. And it doesn't mean that the thing they did is bad or is untouchable, even, but it's like, yeah, the feeling was real. But you also have to sometimes reckon with the idea that, uh, turns out a writer I really like, uh, sucks real bad. A few of them did that, actually. But anyway, um, uh, let's, I'm just gonna move on, cause, uh, but yeah, like you said, Sono, it's, uh, she gets to have those feelings for herself, and those are hers. And that's a valuable thing. But I uh, think now that we're into sixteen, I just want to say that um, speaking of Crunchula, well, actually we weren't, but I'm going to bring up Crunchula again. I just like that he did the set off, set up, and payoff between fifteen and sixteen, where he's like, "Yes, I have a marshmallow idea," I'm like what? And then the next episode, "Hey,
1: Marshmallow Monster," that was good. Yeah. yeah. No, that, no, was, that very was very good. good. I, did, I did, I did like that. Like that. Um, so I was thinking about putting this under bad things because I've got kind of mixed feelings, but I'm putting it under good things because I guess I'm just glad that there were never any ha-ha, fat, bad jokes made. Like, Marshmallow Marsk being kind of chubby and soft only ever works to his advantage. Like, it's his entire power set, and he's near unbeatable because of it. Oh,
0: yeah, I'm- I'm actually a very big fan of, of the, the soft goo being a great defense against hard pe- against, like, hard attacks, because, yeah, man, you, you can keep punching oatmeal. It's still oatmeal. But at the same time, like, I, I got some complicated feelings about that, because, yeah, he's, he's very strong, and he's got the ultimate power, but, I mean, on the one hand, they're really playing up the camp angle with him, but also they've been doing that with all the Marskmen, and I, I don't know why this one hit me different. I don't know. It just it feels hashtag problematic, but at the same time, in a really diffuse and, and like hard-to-touch-on way, because it's not even the campiness. It's just something in the combination of the campy and the, the padding and his whole deal just felt weirdly unsavory to me. I don't know
1: why. Yeah, like, I I felt like there was something in there that I should be uncomfortable with, but I could never quite pin it down. Because, um, like, yeah, I also wanted to feel weird about the camp, but Crunchula's right there doing the same thing, and he's great. And, like, every other Yodon-born non-Garza villain is also just like that. And yeah, there's definitely some, like, using queer iconography for villains problems in there. But, like, I can only dig so deep into what is hashtag problematic before I don't get to enjoy anything. So it's just like, if I can't actually find the problem, I've kind of just gotta let it go.
0: Yeah, no, I, I dig that. It's just... I don't know, it's just something about him targeting the middle-aged ladies i guess i there is there is a deep and thorny thing and i don't have an answer but i just i didn't want to let it go too long without at least being like look there's a thing here i'm not entirely sure what it is it feels messed up but i don't even know how to address it it's complicated
1: and i i guess you know what we do here is we bring up what we can Even if we're not really sure what to do with it. Because there's definitely something in there. But I just don't know what it is.
0: Yeah. But, you know...
1: Like, there's a couple of digs at middle-aged women. But even then, those felt pretty mild. Like, it was never, like, these women are totally undesirable. Or, haha, the women I'm targeting are fat and therefore, like, horrible. Like, it's just- it's framed as more of a weird dig at vanity in general. There's a joke, um, nothing stays steady like a middle-aged woman's weight that I kind of side-eyed That was a weird one. Um, that- that was the thing that felt like most specifically a problem. But even then, like, I'm not really sure how to take it. And the rest of it felt- more just like, oh, well, if they're so concerned about, like, soft, pretty skin, I'll make them as soft and smooth as it gets. And, like, I don't know. It's just, it's not that bad. Yeah,
0: no, I'm, I'm right there. Because, again, like, it's it's something, something in there about, like, ooh, he's preying on the middle-aged ladies. But at the same time, like, the bit he's offering, I... I don't know, I wouldn't mind having really soft skin, you know? My skincare regimen is not what it could be, but who doesn't like having skin that's pleasant to touch and doesn't like chafe, right? That's actually very nice. I just- Yeah, it's a like, weird yo, target.
1: I've- Yeah, like, I don't know, I get it, because, like, I've been washing my face more often than I normally do because of mask funk, as I mentioned. Um- and just because it's 10 billion degrees out and I'm naturally a very sweaty person, and, like, my face feels great. So, like, 10 out of 10, would recommend, I get it.
0: Yeah, you know, I've been having a similar thing with my hands, because uh, they, they feel really nice nowadays, because uh, I wash my hands pretty frequently. And every time I go out, all the stores have uh, the, the little alco gel, like, in, a, in just, like, spritz bottles, so boom on your way in on your way out so like my hands are stripped of moisture so there's a lot of moisturizer going on they feel nice like i don't get as much on the face because like i i got a beard but just i'm mostly just this that this dude went primarily after middle-aged women on on the street that's the big thing because okay again I don't know a whole lot about Sailor Moon, but one thing I do know about early Sailor Moon is that Jedi would would start a business with this thing, and and have
1: a oh, absolutely a big
0: old speech about humans really like skincare, and like that would be the base of the business. People would go in and they'd have like oh, hey here's here's my skincare regimen. And then they'd like start shrinking, and then, you know, you'd open and the episode and just like, Mom, Mom, we have to go, we have to go. And then it goes in and like sitting on on like the, the chair is just a pile of clothes and a marshmallow being picked up by one of the one of the little Marsk men. Like just something weird and body horror like that, but just
1: Yeah, no, no, Jada would be like, like, well, well, Princess Princess Serenity Serenity had, like, the most beautiful skin in the universe, so clearly that's a thing that we can identify her by. So if we start, like, a beauty shop, she'll definitely come to get skincare stuff. Yeah. Early Sailor Moon is wild that way. And, like, look, maybe I'm just setting the bar really, really low, and this is actually worse than I'm perceiving it. But, I don't know, I'm so used to it being just deeply mean-spirited jokes at the expense of anyone who doesn't look like a 19-year-old supermodel.
0: Look, like, we're, we're having complicated feelings here, but you ain't wrong. Because <laughs> that, I don't think you're even setting the bar low, I think the bar is just on the ground. Because that's... Because, yeah, most of the time it is just like lol you're old and like then she's like oh no you have pointed out this thing that is true about me Uh, i should just die and like that's bad and lazy so like honestly the digs he was making were like you want to look pale and soft because again that's a weird thing because yeah a lot of people want to look pale and soft like It's not them who's doing it even, like... Dude, I realize you're an alien from another dimension, but, like, these middle-aged women aren't the ones coming up with these societally-embedded beauty standards. And I, I realize I can't really get mad at the villain in the children's adventure show for not getting into the thorny and pernicious nature of beauty standards, but still... Just, like, that's... I think that's my biggest problem. I kept wanting them to go after that. Again, Jedi... Jedi doing a Jedi plan that would make it work perfectly. Hey, what's up? I've I've infiltrated, of uh, this, this um, this beauty corporation, this this skincare company. Um, they, they make lotion, oil of Olay, whatever. Um, what was the the name of the 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 deep dub alias he used? Uh, Max Maxfield Stanton. Maxfield Stanton would take over a beauty company and just. Would be turned into marshmallows. I don't know. Um,
1: but on on the subject of the marshmallows, like, for what is clearly a goofy comedy episode, this villain plan was horrifying. <laughs>
0: yes, that's true.
1: Like, haha, marshmallows, cute and funny, brrr. But, like, if you don't stop at the surface level of this plan and actually proceed, Like, if you watch these events with the end goal of the plan in mind, he gonna like, Crunchyroll is gonna eat all these ladies. Like, what the heck?
0: I kept hoping they'd make a big thing where they'd mention, oh, yeah, well, look, a marshmallow isn't conscious, so when we turn them into marshmallows, they're not conscious, because, um, I'd really want them to not be. (laughs) But at the same time, the Yoden Empire seem hella evil.
1: So. I mean, look, they were apparently still conscious as Darumas because when they were turned into Darumas in the previous episode, they still like talked before they got put in the bucket.
0: Oh man, yeah. So
1: I don't know. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like their evil might be kind of whimsical in appearance, but Crunchula is also mad evil. (laughs) he's He's fun and quirky, and we did just have a thing about like we want to see him get a proper introduction and and haha, but also like he did try to eat some people he is his plan is basically yeah i'm gonna I'm just gonna eat all of these people, especially since it's okay, this is the stupidest thing to get caught up on, but it's the horror of it is you are even turned into one marshmallow like they're not converting you into, like, your body mass in marshmallows. Or even just, like, fluffing, you know, just, like, the amount of space you take up. Because, like, you know, you're, you're a lot denser than a marshmallow. But, like, you know, just, like, you fall and you turn into, like, I don't know, a few hundred marshmallows. Every marshmallow is one person. Like, that's evil and inefficient. Because a part of me is like... No, turn every person into like a pack of marshmallows you this plan will not be stopped they won't have time because if you just go after people at random and just like boom you're 30 marshmallows you know that's you got a lot of marshmallows buddy i don't know how many marshmallows he's gonna eat but i guess by the time you run out of people he'll probably be kind of sick of marshmallows Anyway, let's move on, because the, the the implications and weird body horror of it are, are kind of starting to get to me.
1: So I love the team doing the roll call while Takamichi is just kind of standing in the back, stuck on his marshmallow issues. Because you know something is a big deal when it affects the roll call, and they actually have to go in and, like, do something in the stock footage.
0: But I, I don't blame them for doing so, because it is a real good joke. <laughs> Just during the bit where they're, where they're just posing as the kanji and he's just like, it oh, was
1: really good. Also, I dig Takamichi's 1990s haircut or like his 1990 haircut. Cause that was uh, the year.
0: Yeah. Which I mean, look, in fairness, the dude's problem has never been that he's unattractive and not stylish, you know? Okay. Maybe later, but that's not our beef.
1: Um, also, this did make me realize that 1990 was 30 years ago, and now I want to die. Thanks, Kira Major.
0: Alright, so here's where we're just going to pause the recording for a while so I can just go off in a corner and dissociate for a little. Anyway.
1: Uh, but more importantly, the flashback to Takamichi in high school screwing up by making excuses about like not really liking this girl in front of his friends because they're making fun of him kind of digs in that Takamichi's always been very susceptible to like the ideas of toxic masculinity. Even if he himself is not that way, he's very easily influenced by it, so it's it's not even something that Garza imposed upon him. It's something Garza saw in him and took advantage of.
0: Really toxic people tend to be either just unthinkingly influenced or very good at making other people act like them. Because, like, yeah, it's very clear that if you put Takamichi in a room with some awful dudes, he'll bend to their awfulness. And I appreciate that that's a long-running part of his personality that apparently he never had much opportunity to work on in the intervening decades. Which, I guess, kind of makes sense because he's not around a lot of his peers on Crystallia.
1: Yeah, he seemed to know... Three people talk. Yeah.
0: Though at the same time like one would hope that King Dad and Mabushina just generally not, and and him generally not being in a world which seems to have those same small restrictive notions of manhood would help him realize how silly the whole thing is. But at the same time Garza just being there to help keep that Achilles heel in place is amazing and I kind of hope we keep hammering home that Boy, Garza really did a number on that kid.
1: Yeah, like it's it's really interesting because if you leave Takamichi to his own devices, like he seems like a really sweet kid. But if you introduce these jerks into his into his life and like have them influence him, look where we end up.
0: Yeah, it's not great.
1: Like, if monstones dig into and enhance negative energies, a.k.a. Calam mentality in a person, Takamichi was so probably horribly affected by one because no matter how nice of a dude he is, that well has been poisoned by the people around him. And especially, like, when it happened, like, pretty recently he had this, this thing happen to him. So, like, no wonder it would kind of latch on to him. And I'd really love to see an episode maybe in, like, the 30s? um, Or at least before Takamichi is, like, cured of the monstone, because we all know that's going to happen. It it was brought up, it's clearly something that we're going to do at some point. Um, So I'd love for this to kind of be the the inciting incident of that plotline. Where a monsoon shows up and targets Juru and everyone's, like, freaking out because they can't quite get to him in time to prevent it from, like, grabbing him and trying to, to like, go into him. And then it just kind of bounces off because Juru's just 100% Kira mentality and just has no trace of malice in his body. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that moment. Um, Like, you just, you gotta purge all that toxicity and be real with yourself and the people around you. And that's hard, and I know that. I don't blame Takamichi for being vulnerable to societal pressure, especially in 1990, and especially when he was a teenager. Because, like, there's a lot of that in many of us, myself included. Because, look, in 19, well, in 1990, I was three, so I don't... In 1990, it doesn't count, but, you know, throughout the 90s, the early 2000s, many of us, myself included, just hadn't realized, like, how bad certain things were because we'd never had reason to question it. And, you know, that's, some of us are now taking the time to check our privilege, and we're relearning things. Um, And purging that toxicity takes work, and I want to see Takamichi put that work in.
0: Same, because, I mean, as as I think we both have learned, but I, I can only speak with certainty for my own self, Um, works hard, but it's worth it. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, it means a few more things are going to frustrate you in the world, but at the same time, you get to be your authentic self, and being at least a closer version to your authentic self rules, actually. Because, hey at least in my case maybe maybe it turns out your authentic self really digs on embracing more traditional masculinity that's cool that's honestly that's fine because you know you do you because you're doing the thing because you want to do it not because someone told you you're supposed to Like, you are freed from the burden of policing everyone else's expressions of self, as well as freed from policing your own, because you are doing the things you want to do. And that's a beautiful thing that I don't think, um, I don't think people talk about enough, because, of course, the people who don't talk about it tend to want you to be just the one thing, because that one thing is a lot easier to mess with.
1: Um, so... In in the 1990 flashback, Akiho being like, yo, in a month, give me some marshmallows. That was really cute. I dig on her.
0: That was really good. And honestly, it it made me even more annoyed at Takamichi.
1: I'm like, I don't blame her for having her feelings hurt by what Takamichi said. She was definitely in the right to be upset. But I feel like maybe she should have immediately confronted him in private afterwards or like the next day Um, because she did come to him with the whole like I just want a white day gift this isn't because I like you or anything I just want to make sure I get some marshmallows so like I don't know honey you kind of did the same thing a little bit
0: yeah but I I keep coming back to like even in high school you know that it's not because i like you that's that's for the co- that's the cover so that everyone can back out nicely but he didn't back out he didn't punk to her face he only punked behind her back which like look nobody's ready for the passag thing later on he didn't full on carry her where it's like hey you know it's a joke that i'm going to the prom with you and let's pour pig blood on you but like it just it sucks
1: no, I I get that, but you know they basically did say the same thing just to different people. So I feel like one of them should have gone to the other for an explanation the next day. Yes, absolutely. Like I feel like she should. Like if he should have known that it was a, a cover, she also should have maybe.
0: Known yeah. No.
1: Now again, I don't think she's wrong for being hurt. No, certainly not. I do think she should have gone to him and been like, "Hey, buddy, what the heck? Do you like me or not?" Yeah,
0: and and he could just drop, "Hey, that was dumb of me. They put me on the spot, and I was an idiot." Like I don't know yeah. how you make up for something like that because, like, I would think that he's very untrustworthy in that moment. But still, like, he ought to try to apologize.
1: Like, I- I don't know, like, they're teenagers. Being put on the spot and saying something stupid is what teenagers do. I don't think that makes him untrustworthy. Like, he's, he was what, like, 17? Can't expect him to be perfect when they're just starting to figure out how socializing works. I just feel like an immediate apology and some marshmallows well before white day because that's a full month later and it sounds like they did not talk at all in that intervening month like i feel like if he had just maybe gone home and like gotten some nice marshmallows or like made some and then brought them to her the next day and was like hey i'm sorry i do really like you i just you know my my friends were busting my chops and i didn't have time to think like, I feel like that would have done wonders.
0: You know, you, you do make an excellent point. Because, I mean, kids is kids, and they're drowning in hormones and societal pressures that, honestly, if we're being real, kick the butts of grown adults on the rag. So,
1: yeah, like, culpa. I, I do not blame him for saying what he said. Kids are stupid. I just, I do blame him and her more him than her, but I feel like someone should have gone to the other one and said something sooner than a month later. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Because, like, that's where my problem with this is, is Valentine's, because she gave this to him on Valentine's Day. She would not have brought up White Day otherwise. So she gave him the the chocolates on Valentine's Day. White Day, which is February 14th white day is march 14th it is it is literally a full month later
0: yeah that is that is too many days it's too many weeks that is a month
1: um i do adore that for the past four weeks the entire team has been like god every time we try to do something takamichi keeps running off to treasure hunt and we (laughs) and we need him for plans and today he's like, well, I can't do this, I gotta go treasure hunt. And Senna's just like, lol, nope, and rips his brace off because she's just full speed ahead that when it's something that she wants, she cannot be stopped by any means. She's so
0: good. That was honestly just the whole like, nope, taking, taking the bracer, bye.
1: Haha, no, you can't treasure hunt without this. Um, I'm not sure why Sayo and Shiguru had to go do it instead of also helping but i don't know they are both provenly better at it than he is and we do need the new toy so you know they're a team together
0: if you send one you have to send the other
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i just i don't know why we're still doing treasure hunting instead of focusing on the actual problem at hand but we do need the new toy so okay i do i do love the new baby so it's okay. Um. I do think that them having no idea how to use Shiny Breaker was very, very funny. And also, like, after they accidentally used the finisher on the ground, (laughs) Sayo's just like, Thank you, Jackhammer. Yeah, Thank you for your help.
0: Look, she's a woman whose work relies on her tools being in good shape, so she treats them well. Sometimes that includes thanking your tools. And look, I realize that Maybe that's not strictly necessary, but it's still a good headspace to be in, I think.
1: Um, Also, it's really cool that Tame Tomo got to be the one to come up with the cool frozen bullet plan. Uh, Because, like, dude's a gamer. Of course he'd be the one to realize that you can power up your attack with different elements. That's been a staple of action games, and especially, like, projectile weapons, as long as such things have existed in video games. Like, they don't explicitly tie his realization back to him being a gamer, but it feels like that's the reason why he would be the one to connect those dots, and I kind of like that follow-through for him. Same.
0: Same. I, honestly, I hope we just get to keep coming back to that, because I definitely want to see him try to add elemental damage to his attacks against certain foes. I just think that'd be neat. Also, okay, I'm going to share the pain... Because that whole scene with the shattered marshmallow really made me want a Charleston Chew. But there's like only one place in town here that sells them and it's a pain in the butt to get to. And I don't even know if they still sell them because I hadn't even thought about it until I saw that marshmallow shatter. But uh, seriously, I'll get a Charleston Chew, put it in the freezer once it's all frozen, whack it on the counter, gnaw on a chunk. It's so good.
1: Um, I will admit that the day after I watched this episode, I went and bought stuff for s'mores because it really made me want s'mores.
0: No, that's that's legit. Because I, I do need to get me some s'mores supplies. Though they don't really have graham crackers out here. They have digestive biscuits, which are, are close, and I don't know why they call them that. I, But whatever, they're a good approximation. But okay, even more important than that is that... One of the big campfire foods here, because they're still figuring out S'mores. They they haven't quite got it in Sweden. But the thing they do here is they take a banana, and you you cut it down the middle, uh you know uh lengthwise you know top to, from stem to the bottom. I don't even know what you'd call that, but just in the peel, and then you like put in some some like chocolate. You wrap it up in foil, let it cook on the fire. Or, or barbecue, even, and just let it melt a little, and then you, you mix up, then you, you take it out, you open the the cut-open peel, and you mix the, the melty chocolate with the banana, and boom. Just warm chocolate banana. It rules.
1: Okay, buddy, that sounds amazing. Yeah. That sounds amazing. And next time you do a cookout,
0: oh. or heck, just next time you have a banana... And and some warm chocolate.
1: Yeah, um, but also I can probably get you a decent graham cracker recipe. I, to be perfectly honest, I might even
0: take you up on that because uh, man, some honey graham's are real good. I never, I never even thought I'd be missing honey graham crackers, but you know the ones I really like—just the cinnamon graham crackers. Mm. Those are those are tops. I always love those, but. I don't know why everyone always wanted the
1: normal ones. I, I don't know. What I've got is the honey ones, so. Um, okay, so th- this next one's a little bit of a deep cut. I don't know how many people listen to us are old enough to know what I'm about to talk about, so I have linked the very iconic commercial in our show notes. I feel like Juru is someone who had that lots and lots of trucks video as a kid, where like he is definitely aware of a lot of different vehicles, especially really big industrial vehicles, and has only the most fundamental basic knowledge of how they work.
0: Oh, like absolutely. Especially since he is as we've seen, he sees these blocks and he makes them fold out into vehicles, right? But the one he has for himself is the fire truck. Everyone else gets, like, kind of more more esoteric things, but when he gets to design them, he's making tons of those little, those kinds of trucks. There's no way that dude didn't just while away the hours just watching that video.
1: Like, the fact, the fact that he he makes this new one into a cement mixer and is like, this is a cement mixer. The rotation keeps the cement wet until it's ready to pour out. And then it dries. And his knowledge just ends there because that is the extent of knowledge that the kid's truck video presents to him. Oh, without a doubt.
0: Honestly, it wouldn't be surprising to me if there's a specific video they're, they're referencing there. And that is the exact, like the sentence exactly that they, they used to explain like what is the what is the cement mixer well the cement mixer's rotation keeps the cement wet until it's ready to pour out and like that's just straight from one of those videos yes. it's embedded in his soul
1: watching him say that like the lots and lots of trucks commercial just played in my head
0: man i haven't thought about those in a minute
1: <laughs> i think about the trains one Every couple of months, uh, because I feel like that one played more, so I remember it a little clearer than lots and lots of trucks.
0: See, I remember the lots but and I, lots of I, trucks I, a lot more than the trains. But you know that you know that could just be the uh, area I was living. Regional,
1: in. yeah, it may just be a regional thing. Um, a lot fewer trains out where I was. Actually,
0: it's probably a lot of it. I mean there's, yeah, see, there's I live in, I live
1: close to New York so I live in a very train heavy yeah, area.
0: Yeah. I mean cuz there's there's trains for like cargo but they're not used in the same way for like commuting.
1: Yeah, see I there are like five or six different rail lines in my state. Wow. And my state is very small.
0: That'll that'll do um, it, yeah.
1: So I I feel like maybe maybe kids were a little more And there's not, again, I live in a very small state, so I feel like there was not as much construction, especially in my area of the state, because we're very, we're kind of on the edge of being rural. Mm. Um, There were once a lot of horse farms where I lived, so, like, big, big construction vehicles I think were a little less common, where trains were a lot more common. Um, So that may be why. But again, I remember both of them. Um, So I have... Again, I don't know how many of you are old enough to know what I'm talking about. Please watch that commercial and understand that it played like five times an oh, hour. Oh yeah,
0: it was on, on certain, certain channels certain times a day, you could not escape it. Uh,
1: there was a time when everyone in our age bracket had it memorized, and many probably still do
0: i'm sure it inspired a love of big industrial machinery in a lot of people and this isn't we aren't hey if that's you dear listener we aren't taking a shot at you it's
1: just oh no i I sent this i sent this to suri and he's like i've been activated (laughs) like (laughs) it's like it's it's just a thing um but moving on back to kira major I adore Takamichi being like, Senna, why are you so invested in this? Did you, like, go through the same thing as Akiho once where you got rejected? And Senna's just like, no, loser, I just live for the drama. Seriously,
0: that was so good. Though, I, I will say, I feel like they missed an opportunity to have her say, like, someone reject me? <laughs> I'm sorry, have you met me? But, you know, her just being there from the drama was was similarly welcome. I just was like... Reject me? S- sorry, that doesn't make any sense.
1: Just- I just love that she's like, what are you- what are you talking about? I just- I just want to see the drama play out. I just want to see what happens. Like, I mean, yes, also it's because if he's distracted, it drags the whole team down, and- being a team means they take care of each other and help each other and shoulder problems together, but also, she definitely wants to enjoy this real-life soap opera.
0: Oh, 100%. Like, the whole, I'm helping the team, that's the line she cooked up weeks ago in case this sort of thing ever happened and if she ever got called on it. Because... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like... She is a...
1: Like, how often do you get, like mysterious romance that's been, like, missing for 30 years. Right. And now they can reunite and, like, make up. How often do you get that? She wants the drama. Yeah.
0: Also, like... She
1: wants the tea spilled. Absolutely. And I love that Hatsuke Minami's like, Oh, yeah, let me spill all this embarrassing tea on my older brother. So good. This this is great, guys. Wait till you hear this. Like,
0: you know that in her head she's got a Pepe Silvia board. And she was just like internally just dancing in place as she heard all the all of this happening. Because oh, absolutely. Because like, look, as it as it is, uh, it's it's not a very interesting Sylvia board because it's just like possible relationship drama and like, okay, maybe I could push these two into dating. I don't know. Would that be good? Uh, uh, but this.
1: Would this be entertaining to watch? i don't know but
0: this ooh, that's real good but yeah like i i love Santa. just she's there for the drama it's good
1: i felt so bad for crunchula when he bumped into garza and dropped his last marshmallow (laughs) like that's awful like poor dude it made me want to see him go like rob a lawson's to get himself another bag or six yeah
0: right that's honestly that's way easier than making a monster Like, okay, sure. His other plan that wasn't just robbing a place was literally to turn humans into marshmallows so he could both kill humans and eat marshmallows, which, I mean, again, I respect the dude's hustle. (laughs) But I just, I hope he has a face turn by the end of the show. Again, because he he seems like the one who's going to be just sort of like less and less big evil as time goes on. And he can just go forth to sin no more in the human world enjoying the small contingents of sentai monsters previously who have just stopped being evil and just, I don't know, got jobs. He could be a great performance artist. He'd be adored for his weird aggro, shocking, anti-social art, get a rich patron and just eat all the marshmallows he wants while telling humans how much they suck.
1: Yeah, don't live the dream. Yeah, it, yeah
0: like Honestly, I think if if he just knew that was an option, he'd probably just defect right there. But something tells me, you know, Emperor Yoden doesn't tell him, like, yeah, performance art, that's just a thing. And art can be mean to its audience. And a certain contingent of people, in fairness, like like yours truly, will lap it up. Because, again, there is that, like... Every time we watch uh, Uncom- every time it's Uncommon Cast time, and it's, oh yeah, the Ark has its problems with humans. What is our stock answer? Fair. Fair
1: enough, Fair enough. Yeah. I
0: get it. I don't want to kill all humans, but I get it. <laughs> so, you know, like, Crunchula could have a great time, not to mention he has a great name. Like, it's better than Banksy, who, by the way, is secretly me. Prove me wrong, Banksy. You heard, heard it
1: here first. Yep. You heard it, here, you heard it here, first. here first. At least it's not me, because I thought that might be true for a while. So I'm relieved now. Um, I am very curious about what the last scene is implying about Senna. Um, because she lays out, like, she was invested in helping, because Takamichi is part of the team, the team helps each other. And everyone's kind of talking about that. And Juru's like, nah, there's definitely more to it than that. Look how happy she is. And I'm not sure if it's supposed to just be Juru saying, no, Sena really cares about her teammates' happiness in response to everyone else saying that she just did this to make her own situation in battle easier. Or if I'm kind of overthinking it. Like, I don't know if I'm overthinking it and it's just that. Or if... Like we're actually setting up for another story down the line about I don't I about her personal life. As
0: long as the story is not, oh she wants to do a kissing on him, I'll be fine.
1: I mean, she definitely doesn't seem interested. No, in talking. About I you,
0: certainly yeah. So I'm
1: not I'm not worried about that.
0: But yeah, I just I just want to see more of Senna because I'm actually very fond of her.
1: Also. I too am very fond. Of yeah, well, I mean, but I'm also deeply biased towards Green Ranger. Yeah, I was just so this shouldn't come as a surprise to him. It's another
0: Lady Green Ranger, and this one actually gets to have stories. Yeah, poor Hammy, she got robbed.
1: Yeah, I mean, they. She at least got some. Spada got really robbed. Yeah, he
0: really did.
1: He got nothing.
0: Absolutely, just
1: nothing. Like I, I feel like if. It had just been, like, the other five, like, the four that he wanted to write, and Hammy, and then Raptor is, like, there and maybe turns into, like, the sixth or an extra at some point. Like, I feel like Hammy would have gotten more, and, like, would have had, like, her and Raptor would have had more episodes and some good stories, because he seemed to, like, have fun with them. But he just, he just didn't want anything to do with Spada and Garu.
0: Yeah.
1: He, just, he was just like, these two were here because they made me. Yep. I don't know what to do with them. I like them, but I don't know what to do with them and I don't care. <laughs> and he just didn't have to do anything with them because they weren't the Reds. Yep.
0: And there's just so much, like, the cast is so ginormous. He, like... That's a great excuse. Hey, man, like, I couldn't do something with everyone. There's 13 of them.
1: Yeah. Like, at least with Garu, he kind of got something when he first showed up. So, like, that was... He he got some stuff really early on, and then he's just kind of there. Spada never got anything. Just
0: absolutely nothing.
1: I felt so bad for yeah.
0: him. Anyway, uh, just... Yeah.
1: Hemi did get a movie, though.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: Hemi did get a whole Q
0: week. Ranger vs. Space Squad is a lot of fun.
1: It is surprisingly a really fun.
0: But um just before we before we get to uh, our talk about the references, that like I, I missed a lot of them. So good on you, Sono. Um, I just wanted to say that in the episode preview we finally get to see what John is gonna look like as a robot. And um I was both shocked and enthused by how just freaking adorable he is. Like, a lot of it was basically the shapes I'd imagined, but some elements were a little different than I'd expected, and that that excited me a bit. But mostly it's just that Driljan is just a chonk. Like, not even a chunky robot. Driljan is chonk. And I like me a chonk robot. Because just, just big... Yeah, just really cute, um, especially just the little tiny head. It's I don't know why that's the that's the best part for me. Anyway, but um, Sona, lead us through some of the references we we got through these in these episodes.
1: Okay, I didn't I didn't, I didn't notice, notice anything, anything in fifteen. Yeah, me either. Maybe there was something I don't. I know. mean, Kanako
0: Cowry. <laughs> shrug.
1: Yeah, I mean they've only been on what two Sentai? I don't know what they know. Um. But in 16, I'm not sure if this is, a, is actually a callback or is just a coincidence, but the new machine is a green cement mixer, which is also what one of the go-go vehicles in Bokenger was. Oh, yeah. The cement mixer was the green one. And again, I'm not sure if it's intentional or a coincidence, but given the amount of Bokhenger mountain sets involved in finding it, like, that bridge is straight out of the Bokhenger opening. They fight on that bridge in the opening theme. And the fact that it turns into a cement shooting gun, which is also what it does in Bokenger, um, just kind of jumped out at me. I'm like, hmm. I mean, I don't know what else you do with a cement mixer, to be perfectly honest, but... yeah. I don't know, it was just it's green and a cement mixer.
0: No, yeah, that makes sense.
1: And I love Bokendre. And at one point the fandom just decided I was Boken Green, so I'm very attached to the green cement mixer in Bokendra. Right on. Uh so so, you know, it's a thing that I noticed. Mm. Um This episode also featured actress Nakahara Cannon as uh Takamichi's crush Akiho Akiho. She played The adult Akiho in the present. Um, And Nakahara Kanan was also a guest actress in Tokyo, as a baker named Airi who taught Kagura to bake so she could make a cake for Mio's birthday.
0: Oh, okay. I thought she looked kind of similar.
1: Yeah, she was also in Kamen Rider Ghost as Shibuya's mother in that one kind of questionable arc.
0: Okay, maybe that's where I remember her from, though. Boy, I don't want to remember her from that. But you know, hey, it's that's a part she was given.
1: Yeah, I mean, she didn't. It's not write her it, fault. Not her fault. Um. So you know, just a returning returning actress. She's played a couple of cameo parts in other tokusatsu. Um. It didn't seem like the actress who played young, uh, Akiho had been in anything, relevant before. So. Right on. Uh. Just Nakahara Canon.
0: Groovy. Uh, so do we have any other final thoughts before we sign off for this episode?
1: Uh, I don't know. Cure Major's still good. Yeah. Problems aside, I'm still really enjoying it. Same.
0: Same. Like, you know, we, we go hard on the problems, because you know, we're, we're doing a podcast, and we, we like to talk about those sorts of things, because that's part don't. of what we, we do. We gotta talk about something. Yeah. Um, but yeah... Still, still a good show. Looking forward to the next ones. Because, again, we, at the very least, we're getting an adorable robot. Uh, so then, for all of us here at Laser Needs and the rest of the TO network, I'm Aleph.
1: And I'm Sona.
0: And shine on, you crazy diamonds.